He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. And every week, Andy Hall's bringing them to you on the Laser Airwaves. This week in Andy's Hall Pass. A very special guest that I personally am very excited to have the opportunity to speak to. His body of work includes over 100 on-screen performances in television and film, portraying some of the most memorable characters of the 1980s and beyond, appearing in Gremlins, The Goonies, The Lost Boys, License to Drive, The Burbs, and so many more. He's also frontman of the Truth Movement, with five albums under his belt between 1992 and 2016. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Corey Feldman. Hello there, how are you? I'm doing well. It's an honor to share the airwaves with you. Thanks so much for your time. God bless. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We're celebrating the 30th anniversary of one of many iconic films you were a big part of, one that I swear my wife can recite line by line from memory, uh, Dream a Little Dream, and you're commemorating the occasion with a new single, the film's title track, which you've reimagined alongside Mickey Thomas of Starship fame. How cool is that? Wow, you said that so well that I want to hire you to be my personal explainer whenever I have to answer that question, because you did it so so nicely. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, yeah, it's been amazing. I'm really excited about this project for so many reasons. But, of course, it is a 30th anniversary tribute to those that we lost along the way. Because, you know, one of the great things about this film, uh, as you mentioned, a lot of people see this as an iconic movie, which is really surprising to me because, of course, you expect Goonies and you expect Gremlins and Stand By Me and Lost Boys and all those to be iconic. But, you know, Dream a Little Dream was one of those movies when it first came out in the theaters, it wasn't a massive hit. It was actually like it opened number five or something like that at the box office. And we didn't expect it to have legs. We expected it would just kind of disappear. And then, you know, we had this big, huge soundtrack. So it became this big hit soundtrack, but the movie didn't do so hot. And so then it, you know, it got second legs and cable and DVD and on VHS and all that stuff. So it's become part of the lore and it's become an iconic thing. And, you know, now we look back and we think about all of the amazing talent that was involved. And there was some incredible people, you know, between Corey Haim, of course, my great partner, um, Jason Robards who is one of the great actors of all time, Uh, Harry Dean Stanton, who is one of the most iconic pop culture actors of all time. And, you know, all these great people, so much great talent. And then the soundtrack, which, you know, had number one single, Rock On, from Michael Damien. And, of course, it was my first ever single uh, that I put out, which was on the Dream a Little Dream soundtrack, but never came out as part of the film. And that song was called Something in Your Eyes, which I did with Michael Damien. We wrote and produced it together. And the song came out as a vinyl single 30 years ago. So what I decided to do is I've got this this box set I've been working on, which is called the Love Left 25th Anniversary Box Set. And it's for my uh, my first album, which was called Love Left, which came out 25 years ago and actually featured some of the music from Dream a Little Dream 2, And we figured it would be a good idea, since it's the 30th anniversary of the original movie, to include the single, which nobody's ever been able to buy since it first came out. So Something in Your Eyes and Dream a Little Dream, we decided to put out together as a reboot 
So Mickey Thomas and I got together after 30 years and did this song together in an all-new way, and it's very inspired, I guess that's the best way to put it, but very rocking and full of energy and a lot of fun. And so we put out the single, and on Record Store Day, we're actually putting out a version of it that's vinyl that will have my original song, Something in Your Eyes, with Michael Damien on the B-side. So it's a very exciting thing. Gotta love that. This is so cool for me, Corey. Being one of the most recognizable figures of an entire generation and having played so many relatable characters, do you find that most people, when they get an opportunity to interact with you, tend to treat you like an old buddy that they've known for years? And is that an uncomfortable thing for you in any way? Well, it, it's either that or sometimes they just kind of like slur and dribble on themselves a lot and they go bleh, 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 bleh. no I'm just joking they don't do that at all <laughs> no um, no you know everybody's so wonderful and nice and I'm just very really honored and humbled by all the love uh, it, it's nice to me that people even remember any of the work that I've done let alone the fact that they still enjoy it so much or it's still close to them and, and the really exciting thing I think is when I get to tour and I get to go out and, and perform music or do, you know, uh, Comic-Cons where I meet people in person and, you know, they tell you their stories about how they grew up with your movie or, or it meant something special to them or, you know, it was part of their first date or, you know, all sorts of different things that you get to hear. So it, it's just, it's a beautiful experience. I'm very grateful. I think relatable might be the best word I use to describe you and all of these great characters you've played over time. Growing up, I didn't know anybody that didn't want to be a part of the Goonies clan, for example, and specifically the character Mouth, who's one of so many memorable characters that you've brought to life on the big screen. I suppose it would depend on the character, but in general, Corey, how much of you did you bring to those roles? Well, you know, I mean, I think an actor is only what an actor is. In other words, like, when you do a film you're always going to have a certain amount of you in it because you can't, you know, remove you from it because you are you and you're bringing you to the table. But that said, the further we can kind of adapt other uh, frequencies or other nuances or other subtleties from, you know, whether it's a character we're trying to study or it's a character we're creating to, you know, kind of envelop us as a human to, to make it more of this other thing than it is us. And that's really the, the trick and how to find the balance. So I think as a kid, you know, I was more of just like the average kid, you know, where you tell me what to say and I would say it. And if you told me I had to say it funny, then I would say it funny. And I was very good with comedic timing. So I was lucky, you know, in that sense. But, um, you know, the rest of it, I feel like a lot of it was luck and a lot of it was just natural because I was meant to be an actor or whatever. But, when you get older, that's when you really start honing in on characters and you really start getting to craft something that's a bit more meaningful and also a bit further removed. Because once you start learning who you are, then it's a lot easier for you to kind of envision other characters and become that. So if you watch my later work, I think you'll see that there's a lot more um, stretch, a lot more departure from my average person to what I become in the characters that I play these days, for example, as opposed to what I did when I was a kid. And I think the beginning that the beginning of that transition really was Dream a Little Dream. Because if you look at all of my work up until there, a lot of it was just kind of this angry kid, <laughs> which, you know, obviously I did have a rough childhood, so a lot of that came through in my work. 
you can see it in my eyes and stuff like that. But um, as far as my personality, a lot of it was very close to who I am. And then when you get to a character like Dream a Little Dream, where I had to play Jason Robards all of a sudden, that's a pretty large departure. So now I was actually having to, you know, character study and become something other than what I was. Sure, that's fascinating. You know, you've been very open and honest about your difficult upbringing, Corey, and I certainly don't wish to belabor that point, but I have always been curious. How did you find ways to derive happiness or satisfaction from performing when developing those skill sets was, at times, a very painful experience for you as a child? Well, that's a very good question, actually. I like that. Um, To be honest, like... It wasn't the actual development of the skill set that would make it uncomfortable as far as, like, the actual imagination part of it. Because, obviously, the the labor of it, being locked in a room and being told that you can't eat or you can't play or you can't do anything fun until you've done your work, you know, no three-year-old or four-year-old or five-year-old wants to hear that. And, obviously, that's not proper behavior to treat a child that way because children aren't supposed to do that. They're supposed to go enjoy their lives. But that said, um, you know, once I was in my imaginary world or once I was creating whatever I was creating, whether it was music or singing or dancing or whatever I was doing, once I was doing it, I enjoyed doing it because that part came naturally. So in other words, like in my spare time, I would play like most kids and I would have a very vivid imagination and I would play these characters you know I would create characters or I would imitate characters that I saw in cartoons or on TV or in movies just like all kids do but in my mind they were these characters and then I would play them out and the only difference is that I started doing it as a job you know on television <laughs> but you know most kids still have that imagination. So I think it was just taking that same imagination and just putting it to work. Corey, I can't thank you enough for this time. I'm a massive fan of yours. I always have been. Um, thank you so much. This was a big thrill for me, and I hope we can do it again sometime. Hell, if you're looking for a guy, come find me. I would love to, and you know what? I'll be on the lookout. All right, my friend. Take it easy. Thanks again for the time. Thank you, pal. Appreciate it.